Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. This sermon was preached in 1997 at the Seabreeze Camp Meeting in Hope Sound, Florida. It's preached by B.J. Walker, and it's titled, The Five Aspects of the New Birth. I know you will enjoy this wonderful message. Keep passing it on, keep passing it on, and on. Keep passing it on, keep passing it on, keep passing it on, and on. I will get to finish this message. I wished I could. I wished I had time. But I, I usually take two services to try to preach it. But I, <clears throat> I'm going to try to preach this a little bit. But my, my message has got five points. And I probably won't get past the first one. Uh, but I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about five aspects of the new birth. And I thought Brother Taylor was going to preach it. But uh, he left a little. Um, preaching on the new birth. One reason I'm preaching on the new birth is I made a covenant, a little vow to myself that wherever I go, I'm going to try to preach at least one message on the new birth. And one reason I made that vow in 40 some years of being a Christian, I've heard one message on the new birth. This is tragic, folks. This is a tragedy. And I, I don't know why I hear preachers and others refer to it, but I never hear anybody preach about it or preach on the subject. So I said to myself, I, I got a little message together. I don't know how good it is or how helpful it will be, but I said, I got to try to preach the new birth. And my text is found, if you'd like to look at it, in First Peter Chapter 1, verse 23, the Apostle Peter said, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. <clears throat> Born again. I, uh, as I studied this, I discovered this expression is only found three times in the Bible. In my text and two times in John chapter 3. It's only mentioned three times, at least in, as far as I could count, in the entire Bible. And, uh, you know, Jesus used this expression when he talked to Nicodemus, but when he talked to the Samaritan woman, he never told her she had to be born again. He didn't tell the rich young ruler, you got to be born. But he did Nicodemus. And that amazing? The new birth. Well, 
I might just say here that uh, the new birth is not synonymous with water baptism. It is not synonymous with church membership. It's not synonymous with taking communion. It's not synonymous with shaking a minister's hand. It's not synonymous with making New Year's resolution. It's not synonymous with giving a good offering in the offering plate on Sunday morning or singing in the choir or teaching a class. All of those are good, but it is not synonymous uh, with the new birth. No, it's not. You can do all those things and yet not know anything about the new birth. Now, I understand that, uh, that uh, where it Jesus said again, born again, can be translated born from above or born anew or born all over again. Amen. Well, but really it is synonymous with regeneration. I'm not a theologian, but uh, uh, they tell us that it's a synonym for regeneration. That if you're regenerated, you're born again. If you're born again, you're regenerated. Born from above, born of God, born again, born anew, born over. Not a new leaf, but a new life. Amen. Or, or the first work of grace, whatever you want to call it. But it is synonymous with regeneration. Now, when I thought about regeneration, I wasn't real clear in my mind what that meant. And so I looked it up and I got three definitions for regeneration. And here's what it says. Uh, to regenerate in biology, it gave three definitions. And in biology, here's what it means in biology. To grow a new part. To replace one that is hurt or lost. To grow a new part or replace one that has been hurt or lost. Then it gave an illustration. As the lobster has these two big front pinchers, whatever you call them. He may, through an accident or through a fight or for some reason, he gets one of these pinchers broken off and he loses it. It's gone. It's hurt. It's lost. It's missing. It used to be there, but it isn't there anymore. It's gone. It's lost. It's broken. But did you know that God has given that lobster the ability to regenerate a new pincher to replace the one he lost? Isn't that amazing? It's, he's, he just regenerates another one to take the place of the one that's lost. And then a deer will lose his antlers. And then he has power to regenerate another set of antlers for the set that he lost. So that's what it means in biology. To replace something that's been hurt or lost. And ladies and gentlemen, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the human family was hurt. We were hurt. We were hurt mentally. We were hurt physically. We were hurt spiritually. And became sick and hurt. And Jesus came to, to bind up our broken hearts and to, 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 to replace that. That's been, we, we lost something. We lost something in Adam. We lost the moral image of God. 
We were hurt back there. Mentally, physically, and spiritually. And the, the question is asked, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? But I want to tell you, there is a balm in Gilead. And Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? Let me put you back. Let me put all the broken pieces back together again. And restore that which, and restore that lost image and that, lo, that lost likeness to God. I've been healed. I've been put together again. God can make you what you were supposed to be. We were all wrecks. God found us and, and started working on us and healed our hurts and, and broke up, bound up our broken hearts and, and touched our minds and our bodies and souls. And I tell you folks, I'm not what I once was. I'm not the man that I used to be, and I wouldn't want you to know the man that I used to be. But I got regenerated one night. I didn't know what had happened to me, but I got regenerated. <laughs> At an old-fashioned altar in a little crude Pilgrim Oldness Mission beside a railroad track in our county seat, Lenore, North Carolina. One night, kneeling there, not knowing how to get saved, not knowing how to pray, not knowing, but somehow, some way, I must have said the right thing or did the right thing, because when I went out of that church that night, I was changed. <laughs> I've been different ever since. Oh, I made some stumbles and bobbles along the way. But I want to tell you something, friend, from the night God saved me, there's never been a day that I haven't had a desire to serve God and go to heaven. I was so changed and so different. And I, I got a hold of the little end of the biggest thing in the universe. And every day, I, it's, it's just getting bigger and bigger. And I felt this morning, my Lord God, I've been oppressed. And Lord, let me get lost in thine immensity. <laughs> oh yes. Well, it means to, it means to replace something that's been hurt or lost. And then in physics, it says to restore to its original state or properties to form again or be made new. And isn't that exactly what happens when you get born again? Amen. To be made new. And isn't that exactly what Paul says in Corinthians? If any man, I don't care who you are, red, yellow, black, or white, rich, poor, learned, unlearned. Yes, sir. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature or a new creation. Old things pass away. And behold, all things become new. Hallelujah. Made new. Well, I'm made new. Got a new heart in me. God's been performing open heart surgery now for 2,000 years without any anesthetics and not one rejection. Praise God forever. God said, I'll take out of you that old heart of stone. And in its place, he said, I'll put a heart of flesh in you. And I will write my laws upon the fleshly tables of your heart. And put my laws in your mind and in your heart. And put my spirit in you. And cause you to keep my statutes and laws and commandments. And then spiritually it means to be reborn. To, re, to be renewed or restored. And that's exactly what God does. He restores that lost image. And uh, we go from glory to glory and we're changed every day. And every day, friends, we should become a little bit more like Jesus. That's, that's God's ultimate aim is to populate heaven and earth with a, with a, with a group of people that's just like His Son. Amen. That we should be conformed to the image of His Son. 
Born again. Well, you know, we used to hear, we used to hear a song years ago. I hadn't heard it in a long time. I wish it would get resurrected. Can I just be real honest with you people this morning? I long to hear the old songs. Am I getting old? Is that what it is? But they're just a yearning in my heart to hear the old hymns and the old songs. I love the old songs. They help me. And they cheer me along. And just between you and me, wherever I be, there are none like the old-fashioned songs. I guess I'm getting old. Maybe there's a generation gap. Oh, there's been a few contemporary songs written, but actually I prefer the old. And, it's, and I, I, the singers, they got my permission. If they want to go back 50 years ago and resurrect some of them olders, they sure got my permission to do so. I think we need a revival of the old hymns. And many of our younger generation... They don't, they, they're not acquainted with the old hymns that had doctrine and theology and meat. Most of what they hear today is this toe-tapping, contemporary bebopping stuff. And I say, throw it out of the church and put the old-fashioned songs back in. <laughs> Amen. But it said something like this. My heart glows with rapture. My cup runneth o'er. Such joy, so transporting, I never knew before. It flows through my soul from God's heavenly store. For I've been born again. I'll sing it and tell it wherever I go. I want all to hear it. I want all to know. Hallelujah. The joy of salvation that makes the heart glow. For I have been born again. I know I'm redeemed. I the witness within that Jesus has saved me and he's cleansed me from sin. And now he is living and reigning within for I have been born again. I have a bright prospect of glory divine since Jesus has saved me. I know he is mine and someday with him in glory I'll shine for I have been born again. Oh yes, I'll sing it and tell it wherever I go. I want all to hear it, and I want all to know the joy of salvation that will make your heart glow. For I have been born again. Have you ever been born again? Born of God, born of the Spirit, born from the skies. Did you know that every living thing has had a birth? Every living thing has had a birth. Whether it be plant life, animal life, human life, or spiritual life. Every living thing has had a birth. Amen. And as, if I understand correctly. The only way that I or you can become a child of God is to be born into and have God as your father and parent. You gotta be born. 
I mean shaking the preacher's hand, signing the card, being baptized, joining the church, taking communion, singing in the choir. That won't do it. Trying to live a moral life. You've got to have a birth. Every living thing has had a birth. So the only way you can become God's child is to be born into His family. Amen. Well, you know, there's a teaching abroad in the land today that says they teach the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. God's everybody's father and everybody's God's children. But that's not the case. No, sir. Everybody on earth is God's creature. But not everybody on earth is God's child. Now that's the truth. Our Lord was talking to the Pharisees one day. And you know what he said to them? You are of your father, the devil. He that committeth sin is of the devil. You are of your father, the devil. The devil is your daddy. The reason people act like the devil, the devil is their daddy. When God becomes your father, then you stop acting like the devil. Well, that's plain enough, isn't it? I'm God's child this morning because He begat me. <laughs> I tell you, you know when He got me, He didn't get much. I tell you, out of the out of the mire into the choir, singing glory to His name, from a place of low esteem to the house of a king, singing glory. To his name. He got nothing and made something out of me. (laughs) I think he loves to do that. Take a nobody and make somebody out of a nobody. (laughs) And you see God. God only. You see. Here's the thing about. Some people have the mistaken idea. Well now preacher. My mama's saved and sanctified. And my daddy's saved and sanctified. And, and, and I have Christian parents. Therefore, I am automatically a Christian. I've been brought up in a Christian home. I've attended church since I was born. Therefore, I'm automatically a Christian. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if that was the case, then you would be God's grandchild. God doesn't have any grandchildren. God has sons and daughters. Come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and you shall be my sons and daughters and I will be a father unto you. (laughs) And I want to tell you something, people. You start coming out under conviction. You know what I think is happening today, people? This is just my country theology. I think what we're seeing today, we're seeing a few people awakened but not convicted. The Holy Spirit awakens a person and they come to the altar but they've not been deeply convicted. And 
and it's so shallow so many times. It's surface and shallow and they're not deeply convicted. But the awakening leads to conviction and conviction leads to repentance and repentance leads to faith in Jesus. And faith in Jesus leads to the new birth. The family of God. God has a family. I'm glad I'm part of it. I'm not worthy to belong here, but I praise God I belong. We say brother and sister around here. Why do we do that? We're a part of the family. That family is so dear. God always wanted to have a family. I guess from past eternity, God wanted to have a family. He only had one son for hundreds and trillions and billions and quadrillions and quintrillions years. But God purposed and planned to have him a family. (laughs) To bring many sons to glory. Many sons. And he's in the process of developing that family right now. And he's doing it through the new birth. And everybody that's in his family has experienced the regenerating power of the Holy Ghost. And everybody, you know your parents, your mom and daddy gave you biological life, but only the Holy Ghost can give you spiritual life and give you, give you the life of God and give you, give you divine life. The new birth is the supernatural sovereign work of God, the Holy Ghost. It's the work of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's right. Are you born again this morning? Well, there's lots of reasons and I, 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 I I thought about this. I, I, I read, uh, I read in John three and I come across a statement and it said, you must be born again. This is God's divine ultimatum. You must be. So there was a, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. That's been debated. Why did he come at night? Did he come because he was so busy? He couldn't come at day, so he had to come at night. Was he embarrassed? Was he ashamed? So he came, she came at night. I don't know why he came at night. That's not the important thing. The important thing is he came to Jesus. I came to Jesus one night. I guess most of us came to Jesus one night. He came to Jesus and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that as we are the Sanhedrin, we know that you're a teacher. He wouldn't admit that Jesus was the Messiah, but we know that you're a teacher. Come from God. For no man can do the miracles that you're doing except God be with him. And then came that reply. Amen. Amen. I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. Can't see it. How come he can't see it? He doesn't have the spiritual faculties with which to see it. Can't even see the kingdom. You won't see it till you get your eyes open. And old Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? In other words, Nicodemus thought he had to go back and and become a fetus in his mother's womb and go through the same old physical process. Jesus wasn't talking about that. 
And then he told him, he said, Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now he first he said, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. And now he tells Nicodemus, except a man be born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. So if you're in the kingdom of God this morning, you have been born of the Spirit. And that puts you in the kingdom. Are you in the kingdom? Brother, isn't that some? I belong to a kingdom. And if we belong to a kingdom, then we ought to square our shoulders, hold our head up. Because I'm the king's son. I belong to a kingdom. And wherever you have a kingdom, you've got a king. You know who he is? You know who he is? We are children of the king. And I'm going to act, I'm going to act like a child of the king. I can't believe a child of the king would go around on half rations. Go around in rags and half starved to death if he's a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. We belong to the aristocracy. Royal blood now flows through our veins. Friend, we need to understand who we are and our relationship and our position. We belong to the king. I'm a child of his love. And he never forsaketh his own. Glory to God. I say hallelujah, Brother Newton. Don't go around having a pity party. Well, poor old me. Not poor old me. I belong to the king. And we ought to act like it. Go ahead, sister. It's time some of you got out of your seats. You don't have to be under bondage. Brother French said we want God to come and turn this thing loose, didn't he? That's what I understood the boss to say. And if you're under bondage, it's your own fault. If you shout at home, you can shout here. If you get blessed at home, you can get blessed here.
I say we got something to shout about. I live about a mile or so from a football stadium. <laughs> you know, we used to testify ten at a time. Shout, praise God. But I live about a mile and something from a football stadium. They got the local team and there'll be an opposing team come in. And they'll play. I don't ever go. I'm not planning on going. But I'll declare I can hear it. And if, I mean, the thing, the thing is slammed full of people. The bleachers are full. And the two teams are down there, down there going at it. And when the local team is winning, they have some crowd they call cheerleaders to cheer their crowd on. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what all they do. They blow horns, they dance, they jump up and down, they scream, they yell, they kick up their heels, throw their hats in the air, swallow their cigars. I mean, they just, they, I tell you what. <laughs> when the home team is winning, friend, I just have a feeling in my soul, the home team is going to win. I just feel like we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. We're not defeated. We're not defeated. We're not defeated. We're on the winning side. Bless God forever. We're on the winning side. We're on a winning team. Hallelujah. winning side with banners unfurled we'll tell the whole world we're not going down in defeat somebody told me the other night said I believe the old ship is turning around and if we can just get some wind in our sails I believe we're going to make it going to make it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God Almighty's got a heavenly dynamo to turn loose on this crowd. He's got a cloud burst waiting to come down on us. <laughs> Fill up every old empty well. Fill up old, old ever, old, every old empty creek. Praise God forever. Fill up every empty heart. Fill up every empty soul. Send us out of here a blaze for God. I'll tell you, when they go to that football game, those people get enthusiastic. They get excited. They, they vent the emotions that they're feeling. They get loud. They get noisy. They get bo over what? A football. A pigskin full of hot air. That's all it is. It's a pigskin full of hot air. And when you leave, you don't have a thing to take with you. But this ain't hot air. This is real. This is something, this is real. And it's something, it's something worth shouting over. It's something, it's... 
the greatest thing this side of heaven. The greatest thing this side of heaven. So why do you act like that? I feel like it. Why do you act like you act? The old Nazarenes, they used to call them noisy rings. You know they did. I've seen them shout. The Wesleyan Methodists shouted. The Pilgrim Holiness shouted. The Brethren in Christ shouted. But we've lost our shout. God give us something to shout about. Amen. Amen, Brother Humble. You've seen it. You've seen it. I've seen it. Brother Scott, you've seen it. And none of the devil's business. None of the devil's business. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. That's what he said. Loose him. Loose him and let him go. And I say, loose you and let you go this morning. Loose you and let you go. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm having a good time. I don't know about you. I'm having a good time. in people if you don't like praising God you don't want to go to heaven you don't want to go John got a preview of it he said I listen and he said it sounded like the sound of many waters it sounded like a thousand waterfalls roaring multiplied billions of saints praising God and it sounded like many waters Glory, power, wisdom, honor, thanksgiving be to the Lord our God. That's right, preacher. Many waters. Glory to God. Many waters. Hey, people, some of our churches got so dry. We better soak up some of this and take it home. Some of you come down here to get some spiritual food. You might as well get it. Beat us like a sponge. Take in everything you can get and take it with you. Glory. I've not been disappointed of you. No, sir. I've not been dis. I felt God every day and brought every service. I've not been dis- I'm getting some help. I hope you are.
God will help us if we'll let him. <laughs> oh, yes. Born again. Born again. Born again. And you know something, folks? Whenever you're born again, you know what stage you're born in? You're born a baby. Don't know me? Well, you know, in the natural realm, when babies are born, we all come to this world as babies. Newborn babes. Nobody's born a spiritual teenager. Nobody's born a spiritual adult. We all come into the kingdom as babies. Babies. Paul said, I couldn't feed you with meat, but milk for your babes in Christ. Everybody comes in at this stage. Babies. Babies don't have teeth. You can't feed them chicken and steak and country ham. You've got to feed them milk. You don't feed them pablum or mashed potatoes. No, no. You give them milk. And every, you know, I tell you what, every living baby is born with an appetite. You don't have to beg him to nurse. He'll suck his thumb before he's ever born. He, he knows he's practiced. He knows what to do. And he cry. I mean, they'll cry for milk. They cry. I had seven of them, I know. They cry. When they, when they get hung. Now, they can't talk. They don't have any vocabulary. Not, they can't say one word. But I'll tell you what they can do. They can cry. They'll cry. They communicate to their mom and daddy what they want by crying. <laughs> when he's hungry, I'll cry. And I'll tell you what I tried. I'd, I'd put that pacifier in her mouth and they'd suck on it about 30 seconds. <laughs> Don't give me no pacifier. I want the real thing. I want some milk. I want some milk. I'm hungry. Give me some milk. Don't give me a pacifier. Give me the real thing. You know when they'll hush? When they get satisfied. (laughs) As long as they're hungry, they'll keep crying. They'll wake you up 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and they won't hush till they get what they want. You know what they're wanting? To be fed. Ain't something in here just got to be fed. <laughs> it's just all cry. I got to be fed. I got to be fed, Father. I got to have, I got to have something. I got to be fed and I won't quit crying till he feeds me. Hallelujah. <laughs> they know they can't say a word. They're weak. You put them on milk, but all the while they're growing. They're growing, and uh, they're maturing. You have to take good care of them, keep them warm, keep them clean, keep them fed. Do a lot of loving. Sometimes you have to burp them. You know, burp them. Get the gas out, you know. Do we expect young converts, babes in Christ, 
to be able to pray, to be able to testify, to be able to take what we can take. We who are adult Christians, don't expect out of that new convert what you do with that one that's been in the way 50 years. He doesn't have the knowledge. He don't know what to say. And isn't it a wonderful thing when he says his first word? We celebrate and want everybody in town to know the baby said his first word today. You know what he'll usually say? Dada. I guess that's an intimate term. I think it means something like Papa, Daddy, Papa. It's a, it's a very intimate term. And because your sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart crying, Abba, Father, Dear Daddy, to Papa. <laughs> Amen! so weak they can't even sit up. They lay down. They have to lie down for a long time. Then they get to where they can crawl. Then they get to where they can sit alone. And then in a marvelous day when they take the first step by themselves. Oh, come here, honey. And he takes the first step. You know? We feel like going out and celebrating when he takes his first step all on his own. It's a Bahama cry. <laughs> you say, what's she excited about? She's been born again. That's what it is. She's all right. You remember when you used to do that? You remember when you used to get blessed and shout? You remember that? Wouldn't you like to do it again? Amen. 
I going to shut her up? I didn't start it, and I'm not going to stop it. See, she's having to shout for so many of us. (laughs) You know what that is, don't you? That's a siren. That's fire alarm. You know it's unlawful to holler fire in a crowded building unless there really is a fire. But if there really is, you can holler fire. Anybody want to holler fire around here this morning? You know the first thing a fellow will do when he gets on fire? I'll say a lady gets her coattail on fire. You know what she'll do? The first reaction is to run. When you realize you're on fire, the first thing you think about is running. And then somebody has to run you down and throw you down and roll you over and put the fire out. Right? Right? Is that right? That is the truth. Lord have mercy. I would God had set some of your coattails on fire. And you say, whoa, 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 whoa. And the more you run, the hotter it gets. The more it burns. <laughs> now, some of you don't like this. It upsets you. All this shouting makes me nervous. Well, I get nervous if you don't. I know where we came from. So it's not all in shouting, Brother Walker, I know, but it ain't in all this quietness either. There's a time to be quiet, and then there's a time to shout. And I've been noticing about three people been doing all the demonstrating around here. This one woman, she takes the aisles, and this other fellow jumping these altars, and then another fellow had a fit this morning. And I look at all of us. Why does three or four have to do it all? Yes. Well, amen, Brother Walker. I think I'm going to shut up. It's, I don't know what time, what time is it? What time is it, Brother Winter? About four after a while. I thought, I thought it must be time to quit. So we're going to go right on into the prayer and fast service. So I've enjoyed this. Maybe you haven't. I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed this. Don't they say exercise yourself unto godliness? Well, that's a little exercise. See, I exercise and I preach. I don't have to play golf or basketball. I'm sore out when I get home. I can't hardly walk. I don't need any more exercise. Well, amen. You're dismissed. Many as can and will. Let's go back to the auditorium and Pray a while for the service.
Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA.